Hey, this is Ryan Dungey, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod. What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is Dean Wilson, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And she's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away. Wonder this time where What's up, people? Episode 61 of the Moto X Pod Show is brought to you courtesy of All Sport Dynamics. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com. Get yourself set up with the same braces worn by Weston Pike, Austin Fortner, Joey Savacci, and more. Guys, I can't tell you, uh, us three goons in here like to wear them. It, uh, I wouldn't probably get on a bike without them at this point. That's a hell of a product. Jeff and the guys will take good care of you. So, also, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas. Visit BroadwayPowerSports.com. Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, Polaris, Can-Am, firearms, parts, accessories, full line of motocross gear. You name it, they got it. They also online price match, so go visit them. Check out what they have to offer you. Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. Nobody likes leaky shafts, do they, boys? No, sir. Not at all. So go visit your local dealer and find out how to get yourself a set of shock socks on order. York Welding and Fab, our buddy Carl York. Man, if you if you if you can think about it, he can build it. If you need uh, a grill built, much like the custom tailgate grill, we're going to give away here in a few months. Uh, Carl can take care of that, whether it's new construction. Uh, welding beds, you know, fixing your subframe, whatever. Give Carl a call, 903-780-7369, or email him at yorkwelding14 at yahoo.com. MX Girl Designs, man, I tell you what, you want a high-quality set of graphics with some amazing design work done at a fair price, give Char, give Char a ring. It's uh, You can hit her on Instagram at, at mxgirl. Guys, that is G-U-R-L on everything you search her for. Uh Char at mxgirl.com. Shoot her an email. Let her get you a, a template uh, drawn up and uh, see what she can uh, see what you guys can get together. Uh, it's also on Facebook, MX Girl Designs. And of course, our honorary sponsor, TPJ Racing. Their guy, Ben LeMay, put it in the main again this week at uh, Houston Supercross. And uh, he's looking to uh, keep making a, making progress. So, uh, what's up, guys? Dark Side, DJ TJ, Muscle Mark in the house. What's up, man? Did that piss you off, TJ? No, no, I love it. Every minute of it. You do, huh? <laughs> why does everybody on this show have a nickname? Why? Why, why do we do that? Well, uh, I know Jamie already had his coming into it, but well, I don't because y'all call me DJ TJ because I don't like it. So well, you call me saying, Muscle Mark because I don't like it. Well, it's because you're a meathead. Well, I know but, I'm a meathead. But your Twitter is Muscle Mark. Well, I changed it because so he's people a would start figuring out who the fuck I was. Oh, you know, his is not. His is Racing for the Sun. That's right. So yeah, I'm dark side just because I'm racing a dork. for the, racing for the plastic trophies more like it. <laughs> we got 
Plenty of them. I like well, those. You got a bunch of them. But uh, hey, he was uh Remember how we were clowning on the FMF jersey the other day? Yeah. TJ was pissed about it when I got really? here. Yeah. Hey, what y'all clowning on my jersey for, dude? dude that's, that's a Ronnie a, Mac jersey. That's why we're clowning on that's it. That's the Ronnie Mac jersey. <laughs> I don't care. It's not Just a good saying. Jersey. It's kind of like it reminds me of my old, my old AXO jersey from the nineties. We actually it's like a it. Nineties cotton jersey. Yeah, it's it really oh, I is. love the jersey. I just like fucking with you about it. Oh, okay. You know, it's a great jersey. There's nothing wrong with it. But uh, we got a few more jerseys coming for the studio too. I know that'd be awesome. Chiz, Ben Lemay. Put that Ben LeMay one right there. Did that, you, did you talk to Ben about much. getting one? Yeah, I need to get. I forgot at the race, cool. but I'll, we'll text him about cool. it. But, uh, anyways, Houston Supercross, guys, what a wacky freaking weekend it was. Darkseid and myself were there on hand, and uh, we talked to several of our listeners, got to meet some of them, put faces to names, things like that. That's that cool. was cool. And uh, Jamie, of course, Jamie got recognized everywhere we went. Well, everywhere. I can believe I, it. Look at him. I mean, you can't not you cannot mistake that ugly face. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's hey, what it is. Yeah, that, that's totally it. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think. Yeah. Okay, TJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the highlight of my the, well, there's a lot of highlights. I shouldn't say, but the, the the thing that I laughed the most about was when the guy, the, the mechanic, and motor it wasn't Berlue, the Moto Concepts mechanic ran up and said, "Dude, I'm a fan of you." Oh my. Even Tony really? Tony Alessi's over there yeah. shaking his head like, what the hell? Yeah, we, we were talking <laughs> to Berlue, and I said, "Hey, man, you know, I, I call in all the time. I'm Dark Side." And, and one of the other mechanics, and I sorry, I don't, I don't know his name, but he came running up. He said, "Did you say you're dark side?" I said, "Yeah." Said, you don't know his name because you didn't ask. Well, like I explained, because like, your head's so big, you just like brush him <laughs> off, dude. Like brush your shoulders off. I overthink things. I went in with this list of like, okay, I wanted. First of all, my main goal was to talk to all the guys that we've had on the show, so they can put faces, yeah. our faces, with who we talked to, right? Yeah. So, and then I had these questions. Well, I want to ask these guys. This guy. So we go to a pit, and we're like, okay, hey, is Cole Seeley here? Well, come back in 15 minutes. We go to another pit, and while we're doing that, we see somebody else. Oh, let's go talk to that guy. We never did catch and up with Cole, by the way. I yeah. did catch him on the way out. and but I you didn't get to interview him. No, but I talked to him for a couple minutes on the way out. I think cool. you were still in the Chad Reed pit. Yep, yep. And I said, um, hey, man, you know, he, we're trying to get with you all day. And he said, we'll do it at Dallas. So we'll, we'll make it work. But it just, awesome. I was overwhelmed. Like I was like, I still got to get here. I got to get here. I was supposed to pick jerseys up from certain people. I was supposed to be here. I'll say this: and we did a, a lot. we did a bunch of walking, yeah, yeah. A bunch of walking, and then on top of that, you we would get there what nine that morning, probably yeah, nine thirty. Like we didn't leave. It was probably one thirty a.m. before we left. One o'clock. Wow. We uh, you know, got got done, did the racing, get all the stuff in the pits before. Then we go out, you know, afterwards, and we go to the two two pit and help yeah. those guys break down, break the whole thing down, load it in the truck, pack it up tight, and sh- I mean, right up to the point where they shut the door on the thing, you know. Wow. So that was really neat. Got to talk with Chad Nelly just a little bit, but they- Chad is super cool. Really. Super mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie was telling him about our podcast, and he goes, "Well, it's nothing like you know, nothing near what Mathis does." And Chad goes, "Yeah, that's probably a good thing." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just a cool guy. His wife is really sweet, Goose. I mean, Dan Truman, all those dudes—they're really awesome right. bunch of people over there. And that's awesome. <laughs> I'm pumped that he's still at the race. You know, still going to the races. Yeah, I was going to ask, how is his? You know, I know he's way farther back than what Chad Reed believes Chad Reed should be. Mm-hmm. So, but how is his attitude about? racing i think he's just happy to be there yeah he did yeah, not he have a bad good. attitude at all you he know? seemed good the guys you know I, I hung out with those guys all day friday they fed me and uh we i mean we hung out till it was probably 11 o'clock at night when we left the pits friday night and yeah they you know they were awesome all of them just good spirits and i tell you the rockwell team fed us 
the the Rocky Mountain uh, ATV MC team fed us. Yeah, and then and the, the CR22 uh, team fed me Friday. Friday they got Jamie, uh, and then I got I got sodas from them, but I didn't get any food. <laughs> but uh, and um, that Suzuki team with uh, pipes and Henry Miller and all them. They gave us yeah, we got some snacks from them. Oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, so uh, had a good time, man. Had a real good time. I spent the weekend in Kansas City at the Arena Cross, the Nitro <clears throat> Arena Cross, and. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not like the AMA Arena Cross, but I was absolutely blown away at the show they put on. These guys put on like like literally one heck of a show. Yeah, yeah. It, they, I've heard good things about that deal. I mean, we went there. The opening ceremonies they were surprisingly like like it was like a Supercross, like like a mini Supercross. The stands were packed full. They said this is one of their biggest arenas they go to. The place was. Almost no seating left in it on wow. Saturday night. Nice. Uh, yeah. Even Friday night was packed, but Saturday night was really packed. It was cool getting to watch all the racing and um, Doc cleaned up again. Um, like out of eight races, he got seven hole shots and won seven to get second once. Awesome. So sounds like he's killing it out there. He's getting better. Yeah. He's getting yeah, better. Sweet. Yeah. You know, he's just, I just tell him to embrace it. That's where it's <laughs> right. at, the stadiums. So, anyways, but, um, we're here in the frozen south, I guess. Yeah, dude, I haven't worked in two days, man. I'm trying to trying to deliver packages with ice on the road is probably not that much fun in one of those trucks. They don't exactly handle that well, anyway. Right? Yeah, so. I can imagine. I, yeah, I've been driving a tanker truck a little bit today, and it's yeah, it's sketchy. Yeah, it's going up some of the hills. Sure. No, I was headed to work this morning, and they called me like, "Yep, turn around, go home." Really? Yeah. See, all the roads were good where I live today. It wasn't that they, they some up partly the roads partially were good, right? But the spots that weren't were terrible, right? And right, that's right. the part you have to worry about. Sure. So, but anyways, we got a, a pretty packed show lined up for you guys tonight. I think you're gonna enjoy it. Uh, we're gonna have uh, two uh, 2017 West Coast 250 champ Justin Hill on to uh, talk about his season so far, and uh, then we're gonna have Michelin Tires Randy Richardson on. I know you guys have heard Randy quite a bit on the uh, Pulp Show, and uh, we're, we're pumped to talk to him. Our third guest is going to be a little interesting. It's different uh, from what you would expect from us, but this guy has a, a, a lot to do with the uh, Team CR22 program. He's 20-time jet ski champ Dustin Farthing. He's This guy is is a, is an interesting cat. You guys will, will, will probably really dig this interview. He uh, races Lamborghinis. He's an entrepreneur, uh, has a lot to do with Chad's program. Just super, super cool guy. We got a chance to hang out with him in Houston this weekend. and. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. Got to talking to him a little bit. Started texting a little, and here we are. He's coming on our show. Right on. And hopefully, we'll be able to squeeze in a rundown of our weekend. I think we can afterwards. Yeah. You know, and we're gonna, we're going to try to do a little surprise call with one of our listeners and buddies that hooked us up this weekend. If we can get some time, we're trying to squeeze everything in tonight. It's going to be a busy show, so I hope everybody enjoys it. Yeah, well, man. Let's, let's get let's get to it. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to get to our first guest. He is 2017 West Coast 250 champ Yoshimura JGR Suzuki's Justin Hill. Hill, what's up, buddy? Hey, not a whole lot, man. Just in SoCal, soaking up the sun, trying to make some ground on these boys. There you go. Grabbing some In-N-Out Burger? Yeah, that's, that's exactly it, or trying not to, at least. <laughs> man, yeah, there's no way. I'd never be able to be a professional because I couldn't avoid if they, In-N-Out. If they had one of those where, where I lived, yeah. I'd, I'd be fatter than I am. Like, I'd eat <laughs> it all the time. It, it was so bad when I was a kid, man, because I'm from Oregon, so we, you know, we just get over the border and like, oh, sweet, we need In-N-Out now, you know, because yep. here, and uh, dude, I got fat on that junk, like, so I almost <laughs> have like a, I almost have one of those, like, oh, I don't even like it that much because I got Ooh. like sick and fat on it, so 
I, I can refrain a little bit these days. I, my my Achilles is Chick Fil A, man. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. We, we got that too. I got that problem. See, I used to yeah. live in out near Barstow, California. My dad was in the military, and we would drive just about every weekend into San Bernardino, go to the old Chaparral building, and eat In and Out Burger. So I have a fond memories of that, and man, you just can't be beat. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, Justin, uh, let's talk about talk a little bit about your season so far. What do you think? How are you feeling? What's going on with you, bud? Oh man, just uh, man, just, we're just trying to make adjustments and get get where I should be. You know, um, it's it's a new team, and however good or good or bad it is, like which I'm I'm stoked on the team. So, um, you know, it's a it's a great move for me. Uh, but you know, we're just figuring some things out. Mainly, mainly it, it was just like you know, I went a couple bad directions with suspension. Um, you know, from from the start, and uh, and I and I kind of chased my tail the first two rounds, and then you know, we just kind of got out yesterday and and went back to a pretty normal thing. Um, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, I just kind of rebound off that, and you know, have something I'm a little bit more a little bit more familiar with. Uh, we were just kind of out of balance a little bit with that, but. Man, other than that, the bike has been awesome. So, like, I haven't even thought about problems like that, you know. So, um, it kind of it probably kind of snuck up on me a little bit. And then uh, I just, uh, you know, last last couple weekends, man, I've just had the had uh, not the best riding piled on with bad starts, man. Right. Like, you know, like this this last one here, this last weekend in uh, in Houston, I had a I had a good start. Like, I was third coming into the corner. I got bumped, and I just went. Oh, went into the tough blocks mm-hmm. and uh rode a nose wheelie and the whole deal and uh came out pretty far back so that's just my thing man i need to get out front and uh, and moto down with these boys and get back to battle them so justin i had a question so when you were training the off season and getting ready were you at the jgr facility or were you out in the west coast yes sir i was out in north carolina so um i, I stayed out there all the way up until just uh, just before Christmas. I was wondering if maybe because the dirt's so different from there till it is in the West Coast, if that made a difference on the suspension that you've been chasing. Um, well, that's the thing, man. Like I like the thing that we just went back to is kind of what I was on in North Carolina, so we kind of had it right, uh, I think, a little bit um, where it was at least more in balance and everything. And then we got out here and we and we started playing with it. And uh, you know what what really happened is I got like I'm always pushing for stiffer stuff like I always want really stiff suspension mm-hmm. and it's um you got to be careful how you get there um because if you get there and you're not quite you know where you should all around it can be a problem you know so um basically what happened is you know we didn't go as stiff as I would like until probably a little bit too late right. um and then and then you know I didn't put enough time on it to really realize where it was at and where it needed to be. So not like really, you know, anybody's fault. Like we just kind of kept doing stuff, kept doing stuff. And then, and then we ended up just kind of like, Oh man, we should need a backpedal now. So, um, so not really, yeah, not really anybody's fault. Like, you know, I didn't really think it was bad. Um, you know, because we were, we, the other thing is that where we were testing was so different. We were up in the high desert, up in the sand tracks and stuff, um, trying to test for it. And it's just, it, it ended up being something that just wasn't really, you know, relative for a for for a spec style track. Right, so right. so it just it just kind of came out different than what we thought. And it was funny, man, because I was talking to my my team manager Jeremy, Jeremy Albrecht, and we were just sitting there like, we we're sitting there kind of scratching our heads, going like, man, because it looked really, it didn't look bad. Like it looked pretty good out there. You know, we we're in that sand supercross track. You know, we both were saying that, and and uh, and then we're like, but then it looked so bad when we <laughs> when we did something else. So, you know, it was just it's just one of those things, man. It's a it's a new 
a new uh, thing for me, and I think everybody too. So you know, your uh, people generally do that. You know, chase their tails a little bit with that setup. And I'm normally yeah. not that not that guy. Like I'll pick something and just sort of ride it. Um, and you know, so that's probably what I should have done. But I was really searching for something extra, and uh, and it turned out to kind of backfire on me. So. You know, it's a uh, it's one of those live and learn situations for me sure. because I was pushing for it, pushing for it. I wanted it, and um, and now I kind of have to swallow swallow my tongue. And go, eh, <laughs> we'll go back. You know, so um, but it's good because it's still the best working. You know, work te- for, for me, the team has like been such a good, uh, you know, working machine that that uh, we can just you know kind of pull stuff out of the hat and do something different. It's no big deal. So everybody works together really well, and I'm liking it. So um, you know, I feel. I feel like I'm in a much better place right now than I was one week ago coming into the race. So, um, yeah, we'll be good, man. And I, I definitely have been putting a little bit of extra elbow grease during the week, um, trying to trying to make some ground, just intensity, and trying to pick up pick up things. So, um, you know, like first round, the speed was really there. Like in practice, felt awesome, fastest lap, felt felt good, everything was good. And then both starts were so bad that I didn't get up front to to really showcase that. Right. And, um, and, you know, kind of burnt myself out trying to make time on something that was kind of easy. And then the set, and then less this last weekend, man, I just didn't have the speed hands down. Couldn't figure it out. It was such a, like, it was just a really bad day for me altogether. Like I didn't feel, I, I didn't make any progress, you know, like personally on the, on the bike, I didn't yeah. make any, I didn't make any forward progress from the first time I touched wheels on that track to the last lap of that race. I really felt like I didn't get any better. Well, touching <laughs> on is, that, touch, sorry to interrupt you, but touching on that a little bit, it looked like during that main event that you were struggling, obviously. And I kept thinking, man, that's got to be suspension issues right there because stuff that would normally be pretty easy for somebody like you, you were struggling with. And I know the track was terrible. It did not look like the coolest track I've ever seen. Let's just say that. No, I mean, the track definitely made everybody scratch their noggins and go, oh, man, our bike ain't right. But that's, that's a, that's an understatement as far as you know what I was feeling because I I probably w- wasn't where I should have been anyway. So like you know it kind of magnified for me. So yeah, I had a tough time with it. But that's the thing though. It's like it's one of those situations where where it's like, well nobody really did anything wrong. <laughs> we just sort of didn't quite think in the area that we should have been, and that's and that's racing and development and trying to get better. So. Um, I was, you know, I myself and then some of the, uh, some of my suspension techs, we were really aiming to try to do something above and beyond and get and get get somewhere where other people weren't and and hopefully turn it into something better. And it just sort of it just for that track, it backfired really bad, you know, with that setup. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's 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 all good now because um, because we we learned from that and we've had two different weekends of of stuff where. We have so much content, so much data and footage and all that from from what the bike did that um, I really think everybody's in tune on what we think the bike is kind of should be doing. Sweet. So um, made made a lot of ground with that. Good. Hey, there there is a lot you know a lot of talk whether it be from the magazines and the websites about you know the the two fifty Suzuki two fifty not being up to par with the other bikes. Um, you rode you know, the Kawasaki's last year. Tell me what this bike does that you feel like it excels at, maybe better than a bike you've rode in the past, you know, and, and maybe you can debunk the opinions that the Suzuki is not as fast or as good as the other bikes. 
Right, right. Well, I mean, I hear it all day long, and I just giggle, man, because because until you ride the thing, you can't convince anybody. But it is a great bike. The the engine is way stronger than I would have assumed. Um, it is on the level of the of the factory engine, which I was blown away. Um, with with as little time as we've had with the bike as factory JGR, uh, factory Suzuki JGR, mm-hmm. Dean ba- Dean Baker, Mitchell Mitchell Key, and all them guys have taken it and just went away, and now it is a badass engine, and that is that is phenomenal. So, it is um, it, it is a serious uh, it is a serious race bike. There's nothing on the thing that I would say is like oh don't go there and you, you know if you want to win that is not that is not it's like that's what people think right now. But it's um, you know I'm gonna have to win on it for people <laughs> to go oh yeah there it is. But right. um, but the bike's great man. I I made the, like like currently the whole thing. Um, with, with the suspension was like my ideas that I wanted to chase and I kind of made it worse than it should have been, but the bike does actually really excel with the chassis. Like the, like the, the cornering of the thing is so good that I, I went, I went like and tried to like almost chopper it out, not chopper it out, but not, and not really on purpose either, but I was really trying to get it to, to go through the whoops a little bit more stretched out because it cornered so good that I was like, Oh, I don't even have to worry about the cornering. Let's just get this thing to to, to drive through, you know, and, um, and, you know, that was, that was a bad call on me on my end, but I'm learning the bike, you know, sure. so I'm learning what, what its capabilities are and truthfully where it shines is the corner. So I think now that I've kind of learned that and trial and errored it, I'll be going back to that. Right on. Um, so we've got some format changes this year and, and one of the major ones, the first round coming up at a two here with the, uh, three main events. How do you feel about the format change? Do you think it's good that they're trying to do a little something different or would you rather have just stuck with the same old, same old? Right. Well, I mean, you know, coming from, um, coming from having a huge points lead in, in during the season versus having points to make up, mm-hmm. I think my opinion would have changed like with the huge points lead. I would have been like, no, no, don't throw any monkey wrenches in there. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, but with with the with a gap to make up, I I'm for it, man. I just you know honestly, I probably wouldn't have been that bummed because everybody, whatever it is, everybody's got to do it, you know. Um, like the whole the whole um combination of the point system with the east and west riders, we're doing that twice this year. That's just that is an opportunity. Uh, I wouldn't I would say uh, just an opportunity to get more guys in between certain people and mix it up, you know. And it could go your way, but it could not go your way. That's just the way it is. So yeah. With the triple crown thing, um, I'm for it because I I think I need gate I need the gate time I need I need to get out of there and and uh, really really get to uh, getting those starts. Well, when we were picking our, our our who we thought would win the championship, I had picked you to win it, and I'm sticking there because we've seen some crazy stuff this year with Tomac and Muskin going out and totally flipping the 450 stuff on the head, and that can happen in any classes, man. So yeah, it only takes like one DNF in the 250 class, and I yeah, mean, it can throw somebody's exactly stuff as well short as, as short as those are exactly. <laughs> yeah, so like like so just the way I see it is, I would probably would have liked it if there had been more points up for grabs for those three races mm-hmm. as mixed up, um, just because like okay, you're you're gonna race three times, and you're but you're only gonna get a maximum of 26 points, so that's not even really like a it's not even really a different, you know. Right. You know so, um, I would have loved to see, you know, three ten-minute, ten, uh, ten-lap main events, you know, each each worth twenty points or whatever. Sure. 
um, you know, for, to win them, and you know, th then there's a, an opportunity for more points to be uh, earned because otherwise, it just seems like it's not. It's all it is is a strange format change. It's not really necessarily different than uh, for the fans. Uh, I'm saying for yeah, the fans, yeah. it's not any. It doesn't have an impact on the rest on the rest of the championship necessarily. You know, like like the, probably the same guy would is going to do what the same guy would have done if it was just one name. Right. That makes right. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, but, I, I'm a little bit excited about it just because they are trying to do some different things. You know, I, I wish they would, I, I'm kind of glad they changed the points a little bit. It may help guys who do have a couple bad, and this is more focused on the, I guess, in the 450s, but if somebody has a bad race, like Eli did the first week, if he hadn't missed round two, he makes, he, it makes it a little easier for those guys to come back. And I think that was the idea between the points change in the big bikes anyway. Um, doesn't help you guys out so much with such a short series, but next year to help you out if, if, if you need it. Yeah, right. It, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, West Coast has 10, 10 races this year, so I got eight That's more. To, you know, it's almost like a brand new series that I'm starting with points to make up. <laughs> so, right. And it can yeah, be done. I mean, crazy things happen, and this year has been, just in two races, a lot of wild stuff has happened already. Well, we saw you start last year off the, not with a great, not, you know, off the box, not very good, and then clinched the title around early. So, like, there's still a lot of racing left, and, and I don't think if anybody's writing you off yet, they need, no. need to slow their well, roll, you know. I got to I gotta go out there and give them a reason not to write me off because, you know, I, I have not had good showings so far. But, you know, I don't I, – that's the thing is that people, I think, get spun out um, pretty easy, and I'm just not that dude. Like, I'm going to come back this weekend with a better setup and a better, and, and the same attitude that I have had and, and just try to win because I know I can still win. I'll win, you know, in, in whatever situation that I can, you know. Mm -hmm. And the last two weekends have just been bad for me. So it's not like a thing where it's like, oh, I lost two rounds. I, I'll never win again. Like, right, that. right, right. Well, it's same. It, it hasn't it hasn't slowed your confidence down. It sounds like, well, that's a good thing yeah. with this sport yeah, being but, so mental. Yeah, it's such a mental sport, and like it's it's funny because like everybody everybody that races has you know their one little thing that they like to kind of think of or whatever. But like I'm just not really that dude. Like I, you just got to do the, you know the best that you can do. It's like it's so it's so simple and stupid, really. But um, but it's it's the truth. So I don't really have anything weird about me that I have to overcome. I just gonna I'm just gonna put the pieces together and make it happen. I'm not worried about it. So um, I think that's gonna be a good mind state to have because it's almost gonna be, you know, to me. Let's let's just say hypothetically, I go out and I start winning races. Mm -hmm. Well, then it's like, oh man, the guy's back in the picture and he's here to stay, type of thing. You know, once I get it, I think I, I think I get on a roll and and things become easier. So. That's just the plan. I just got to get back out there and start battling with these dudes again. Right. Because I like battling, man. I'm a big, I'm a big like hard racing guy. Like I Absolutely. love to mix it up, have fun, and you know, just just enjoy the enjoy the sport of of battling back and forth and all that. So I'm not I'm not afraid to do that. So like I want to get up and battle with the guys I should be battling with, and and you know actually ha try to have some fun while I'm doing it and, and learn. So I'm, I'm, I'm always an open book. I'm always a sponge. I'm ready to learn at any time. And I think that I'm in a position now where I have definitely worked out a couple of bugs of my own um, that, that I'm ready to ready to do something. But it's all kind of physical. You know, like I, it's not a mind state thing for me. Yeah. Um, a couple things have gone uh, a bit wonky um, just with, with, you know, what I, what I was trying to achieve. And it backfired, like I was saying. 
Um, and you know, just me, me not, me probably not taking something that 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 isn't perfect, and then you know, I didn't ride it as good as I should have. You know, even though it wasn't perfect, I I couldn't quite find the find the the pieces to make it work. You know, well, so. I- I like that you're you're owning up to some of these things that you made some changes that didn't work and you know you, you're you're accepting that you know and that you, you know you still have the confidence to, to fix it though and come back and well you hear a lot of guys put the blame elsewhere yeah. instead of owning yeah. owning what they did and <clears throat> dude I mean I give you mad respect for that because you do not hear that a lot in our sport well if, if you don't if you don't think you know figure out what you did it's just going to happen again to you so you can't do that right. Like, People do it, yeah. It's like they just point the finger and go, oh, oh, but deep down they know it was them. So the next time it happens, it just wrecks them. Yep. Right. I'm going to shift so, gears just a little bit. For those of you guys that don't know a little bit of the history of, of Justin, his family, I'm sure you all remember his brother Josh was, you know, raced at a very high level. But their dad, Monty Hill, was was a, a, a BMX pro back in the day and is still a pretty gnarly guy, is he not, Justin? Yeah, yeah, he's still he's still pops, man. He gets it on. He's, he, yeah, he, he's he's funny, man. He's having a little bit of problems these days. He's got a bad back, and stuff. He's trying to get 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 through that. But uh, but that guy, man, like you give him a bicycle in twenty minutes, and he'll be he'll be blowing you away. Like he's, he's he's killer, man. He's got a lot. He's got more bike skill than 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 almost anybody that I can think of. He'll take four years off riding. And he'll go, you know, smoke some good amateurs that we have over or something. You know, he'll just go out there and lay it down. He's funny. He's good like that. Well, I tell you what, you got you came from some obviously some good genetics as you and your brother both on a dirt bike. Uh, I don't know. I've never. I don't know if I've ever seen you ride a BMX bike, but I have seen your brother ride one, and he, he seems pretty gnarly on one of those as well. So, yeah. When I when I hop on them, man, you get, like you give me a day, and I'm like, man, maybe I should have done this. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So hey Justin, but I got a thing with wheels. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say any anything with wheels really like that we can. I mean, well for me, like I'm I like to be an all around athlete. I do a lot of things athletic. I, I like to I like to play basketball. I like to I like I've been a huge combat sports fan my whole life. So I've always boxed and I used to spar for training before I had some concussions way back when, like a few <laughs> years back. Yeah. I used to spar a lot for training. That was one of my main things. I loved that. Um, I'm a huge, huge into that. And I, I like to be an all around sports guy. My brother cannot throw a ball to save it. <laughs> Can't throw a ball. He's, it's funny. Like, I don't know. He, he just doesn't try. Like he could, if he really thought about sure. it, like get a point to do it, but he doesn't, he doesn't try. And then it's like, he doesn't, he can't snap his, like, he can't snap his wrist. Like he just throws it straight forward. It's just the funniest thing in the world. But, but man, give the guy two wheels and he'll just, he'll just blow you away every right. time. Yeah. So he's just. We all have our our little our little things that we can do, our little abilities, and I've always been into the agility portion and the and the balance portion, and I really like to just be an all around well you know well rounded athlete, and and uh, I you know, I thought I wanted to be a gymnast when I was a kid. That's that because I just my my mom used to have to stop me as I just run around and just backflip off everything and just I just <laughs> a nut. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a little background on my whole deal and, and the whole family. Everybody's athletic, even my mom. Sounds like it. Yeah. Let me touch on the team real quick. Um, you know, his first year with JGR. Uh, Mookie just had his first race with JGR, and we heard him talk about like the team just be, being unified and and doing the. Uh, it's a good vibe over yeah, there. Yeah, like it's a doing really good the, vibe. all the all the guys having their hands in, like you know, like before a football game or whatever. I mean, it, it sounds like even from the beginning, JGR being in. You know, not on the West Coast. Like, 
it's just a different vibe, a good vibe. Sounds like everybody's having a good time. And, and I mean, how does that help you? Do, you? do you really excel in that? Do you feel better about being on this team? Well, man, I can tell you one thing, and and that is that they're unlike anybody else. There, it's such a it's such a a understanding and cool environment. Like, um, for the most part, I think that they realize that that uh, you know the, the actual athletes' happiness is pretty important, which most people don't. Most teams and and manufacturers and and things, they don't really care. Like, <laughs> they're just like, oh, well, we got a guy and he needs to do it, and this is how we want him to do it. You know, they they set all these these ropes and guidelines up and everything. And, and I think that, I think that Jeremy Albrecht and, and Coy, Coy have learned quite a bit from, I mean, obviously they've had this team now for a bit Yeah. and it is top of the line, man. Their resources and their, their attitude, um, is, is un, is unparalleled in my opinion, man. I really like, I really like being here. I want to stay here till I'm done. Um, and I'd like to be a part of it when I'm done. It's, it's a really great organization. And they have uh, they have a, a triumphant leader and coach, so they're they're you know they're always in a uh, in a, uh, a pretty good mood. Like everybody's always happy doing what they're doing. Um, and if they aren't, you know, at least consistent. <laughs> you know, every everybody's just you know who they are and and cool. And I, I can't think of anybody out over here that I that I that I dislike. Man, it's like it's a really nice change of pace to. To have such a such a unified like you're saying sure that's that's great man i mean i'm glad that you have that um it, it seems like a cool vibe in the pits we, you know this was our first supercross as a, as a quote-unquote media so and then lakewood where i met you was our first national but um it just seems like a really cool vibe in the pits everybody's happy and cool and i, I really like it yeah we walked in there and talked to talk to uh, i got to talk to bud man for a minute yep. super cool friendly j-bone everybody was just really cool i enjoyed it it seems like it's serious without the shitty part of being serious if well, that it, makes any sense it's a you know? positive vibe even with filthy around yeah even with <laughs> phil in there man it was still like even he was like smiling a little yeah. bit hey people get filthy a hard time but bad news phil is one of the coolest dudes no doubt it's funny man it's like i give him crap too because he's such a grumpy son bitch but man <laughs> he is he is like the cool he is the coolest dude man he's a yeah. really good He's a really good dude, and he has a he has. It's funny, man. Like, he'll sit there. He just acts tough, man. He's a he's a softy. Sure. But uh, but uh, yeah, man. They're it's such a it's, it's a good vibe. Like they're serious, and they're serious about giving you what you need. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're serious about. That's awesome. Which, like, which is different, man. They're just they're really serious about getting the the absolute most out of the team, and and they're they're just they just want the whole thing to. To, to work and they really strive to do that so it's a it's a great thing man and i can tell you the other thing is that is that the location them being out in north carolina i mean i, I went bought a house in north carolina i live there now and and i uh i can't wait to go home <laughs> you know i miss <laughs> I you. area i'm not a huge SoCal guy um so it's it's a nice change for me because i was i was born and raised you know in 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 the sticks and, and i kind of miss that that vibe and that portion of the country is way more home to me than this so um i i'm i'm pretty excited about about where i'm at with it because i think that um i'm a guy that is gonna try i'm gonna work it out i'm gonna fix what i need to fix and i'm gonna put everything you know i'm putting everything that i can into this and you know I'm definitely not getting discouraged on a couple of bad weekends i'm still gonna put everything i can into this and make improvements even if i just even if I just improve a little, improvement is improvement, and I'm gonna, 
keep working until I can make these guys happy. Yeah. Right on, buddy. Well, hey, Justin, we know you're a busy guy, so we won't take any more of your time, but we really enjoyed talking with you tonight. Thanks again. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Thanks, Justin. All right, bud. Have a good one. Have a good one. Justin Hill, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, great interview, man. I uh, It's always good when a writer uh, is good to talk to, owns up to things. Upbeat. For, uh, upbeat, For how things are going right now, I mean, from the outside looking in, obviously he's kind of saying, hey, it's some mistakes he made. and But still, I mean, I know plenty of guys that would have mental meltdowns. And, yep. He doesn't sound like he's having one. No. Right, so, uh, yeah. But, guys, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break and be back with Randy Richardson. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way Kathy, he uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. You got the one snowman on eastbound and down. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welding and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welding and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. This is Kyle Chisholm, you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. All right, guys, welcome back again. Big shout out, All Sport Dynamics, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, York Welding, and Fab, MX Girl Designs, TPJ Racing. Coming up next, Michelin Tires, Randy Richardson. Randy, what's up, dude? Oh, man, just uh, hanging out here. Survived uh, what we consider Snowmageddon here in South Carolina. We had about 
three inches of snow. They closed school today, closed school tomorrow. So just surviving, man. How about you guys? That's about the same it is here. We got, what, two inches in here in East Texas. If you're below I-20 and you get an inch of snow, the world just comes to a screeching halt down <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, it's the apocalypse yeah. happening. Yep. And, and, yeah, and milk and bread's on back order immediately. Yeah. Every store is yeah. out of milk and you bread here not. in the South. Yeah. There's some comedian that was talking <laughs> about that. I uh, was talking about the, the great bread rush every yeah. time a storm comes All in. Right. <laughs> it's, it's silly. Well, Randy, uh, you know, pretty much anybody that listens to our show also listens to the Pulp Show, so everybody knows you from there. Um, that you know, you're, cool. you, uh, of course, the Michelin, the Starcross Five. I'm running that thing thanks to Kiefer. Uh, how, how many years have you been yeah. with Michelin now? Uh, February will be 27 years with the company. Yeah. Wow, right on. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so we'll talk a little bit about Michelin, you know, but I, I really want to get you on here and talk about some vintage motocross racing. Um, but let's, cool, let's, let's stick with Michelin for a few minutes. You know, what, what do you guys have coming up? I think I heard you mention, um, some two stroke, some, some new stuff coming up. What do you guys got going or some mini tires? I think uh, some, didn't somebody call in, I think somebody called in the other night about, or left an email about Starcross buys for, um, like mini bikes. Yeah, that, that definitely was a question and that's, that's in the pipeline for sure. That's probably going to be 2019 is okay. what, you know, I'm hoping fingers crossed, but, uh, for us, you know, we, we, and I know that your listeners probably, and I know the other, some of the other podcasts or listeners are so off-road and motocross focused. Um, but for us, our newest product, uh, that we just introduced January 1st is a Michelin road five and it's a new sport touring tire that provides, you know, maximum competence in uh, wet and dry conditions mile after mile. So it's sport touring. So from your, uh, you know, more more high mileage sport touring on road that ride in a bunch of different weather conditions. So a new tire for that is what we have out hey, uh, this year. So I got a question for you. You're talking about tires, and yeah. I've, I've heard you yeah. say a bunch of times about how Mission – I mean, it's not like Dunlop or Pirelli trying to get tires on the racetracks and that kind of stuff. Can you can you like elaborate? Because I don't understand why a company who makes such a great tire as the Starcross Five doesn't want to have it out there on the track and support. I mean, like with with race teams or something like that. Well, it's, it's we look at obviously we look at all of the different motorcycle segments and and try to allocate uh, technical development and and production capacity and everything based on the volumes of each of those segments for example the you know in the off-road segment off-road world we're, we're kind of got our blinders on and we're not aware of the 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 breadth and depth of cruiser for example so uh cruisers are primarily harley davidson's uh replacement tires uh that replace that counts for 50 percent of the total market of replacement tires so oh, wow there's about three yeah so there's about three million the north american uh market's about three million tires, uh, replacement tires each year. And about 50% of that is for cruiser segments. So for us, it makes a huge, uh, it's a huge thing for us to be original equipment on currently 40% of the Harley Davidson motorcycles that are being manufactured, uh, by Harley Davidson come original equipment with our Michelin scorcher tires. So, um, that, that's an investment that makes a lot of sense for us. That's a older demographic has more um, affluent income. They appreciate a premium brand like Michelin, mm-hmm. and so we get them on the replacement tires as well. So, again, we just go for a larger, uh, you know, the larger markets and focus on that where our brands more uh, or can be more appreciated. Um, off-road segment is a, a a key segment for us, so we want to have a really good 
commercially available tire that uh, provides you know great performance and exceptional durability. But uh, but chasing the racing and spending that much money for us is just something that we we choose not to do at this time. Could yeah. be sure, but yeah. we we just choose not to do at this time. Yeah. Have you seen like a significant increase in in off-road sales since the Starcross has been introduced? And maybe can you see any correlation with the Pulpamex um, advertising of that? Uh, you know, I, I I think well, one we definitely have seen increase in our uh, our volume and of sales of the Starcross Five range in comparison to the previous. Starcross range that we had the the older MS3 and MH3. So the Starcross Five has definitely taken off and and selling exceptionally well for us. We're gaining market share in the off road segment, and and I definitely would would attribute some of that. Uh, you know, it's hard to say what portion, but definitely attribute some of that to our involvement with Pulp MX. I think it's a great platform where it enables us to reach core enthusiasts that uh, are passionate about off road riding and supercross motocross and and actively involved in in doing that themselves so definitely has helped what do you think uh where do you guys think you have you're doing it better than say like a pirelli or or a dunlop or what would be uh the reason for somebody to buy your product instead of instead of that one i'm gonna ask you a little bit of a harder question sorry uh, no, 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 it's no problem at all. And I, and, and one thing that I always do and we at Michelin always do, we're very respectful to, you know, all of the other premium brands of tires. And I think that, uh, similar to a Honda, a Yamaha, a Kawasaki, a Suzuki, KTM, Husqvarna, they're all quality products. It depends on what you're looking for and, and, and what best suits your expectations. So for us, we, we have what we call a Michelin total performance, uh, promise in that we, we try to provide the optimum, for example, a street motorcycle tire, provide optimum wet performance and dry performance and uh, ride comfort, ride quality, safety, mileage, uh, all without sacrificing one to the other, if right. that makes sense. For example, yeah, and, and it varies by a sport touring tire, for example, versus a sport bike tire. Um, you know, there are differences in, in, in those expectations. But for us, could we make a tire that would last you know, for a, for example, a sport touring motorcycle that would last 50,000 miles, sure we could, but you would make huge sacrifices in, in, in wet performance and dry performance to do so. So uh, what we try to do is optimize that performance expectations uh, for to, to meet uh, all of the performance expectations of the consumer. Right on. Well, Randy, one of the main reasons I want to get you on here is we talked, shoot, right? I think right around Diamond Dawns last year about your interest in vintage mm-hmm. racing and your uh, you being into that. So, like, tell us how you got into that. Give us a little bit of your history, what you ride, and whether you'll be at Diamond Dawns yeah. this year. Well, I'm sure he was racing these bikes um, when they weren't vintage. That's the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm I'm not that old. I'm not that old. Yeah, but, uh, don't listen to uh, TJ. TJ thinks yeah. he has but, a good yeah. joke game. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I do. I am a self. Uh, self-proclaimed senior citizen so uh, I'm, I'm a 51 year old kid at heart for sure so um yeah I, the vintage racing I, I started riding at the at the age of four and my dad put me on my first bike was a 1971 yamaha jt1 and uh that that's where my passion for two wheels began and, and my dad raced and did a lot of enduro and motocross racing here in the southeast and then uh through the years, I, I started racing some in the early 90s, 
and uh, raced professionally, raced Supercross 93, 4, and 5, and was kind of a just full, full privateer. Would try to, you know, I would always make the night show and made one main event. So that was the pinnacle of my uh, racing career for Supercross. That's awesome. And then, that's one more main event yeah, than any of us have. Oh, that's, 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 that's well, tra- I like to joke with Travis Pastrana. He and I <laughs> have the exact same number of 250cc Supercross wins, for sure. Right. <laughs> that, 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 yeah. That being that being zero. That's being awesome. Zero. But um, yet my dad, who is now seventy three, and and again got me started in racing. I'm blessed that he's still healthy and around and enjoys riding. So I don't know. It's probably eight or ten years ago. I started going with him to a few vintage events, just kind of help and support and 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 be there for him. And man, we started taking turns on his old seventy five Husqvarna two fifty, and. Uh, and it's a blast. I really, really love it. I love Diamond Dons, a lot of other ones that we've been to. Um, and uh, I don't know if I'll make Diamond Dons this year. I know that okay. that's one of the more fun events to me because it, it has such diversity and some hair scrambles and some, some motocross. And uh, I love it. I love that place. Yeah, we've gone the last couple of years. And it's uh, we're, Mark and I have gone to a couple of vintage races in the last couple of years. We've got a lot of buddies that are into it like Dennis Hawthorne and some guys you probably know about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we I think we all want to get us a vintage bike of some sort because it's an awesome time. Well, I bought a, a 96 uh, CR250, and they said that's not vintage. <laughs> like, you can't, that's too new. <laughs> so. No, that, that's not vintage. That's just old. Yeah. <laughs> that's right? just old. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, we have the, the – Dad has a 75 Husqvarna 250, and then he and I together have a – bought it together a 77 little Husqvarna 125 and I I, I took that thing uh back in mid-December down to Florida with Pastrana was having his two-stroke week so I got to ride that thing around uh what would have been Villapoto's old place so we were ripping around and and uh, having a blast on the two-stroke week down there so it was good times good now times. what do you ride for a modern bike my well my my most modern bike is uh I have a 2016 KTM, but it's an 1190 Adventure R, and I had that thing out today with some, I got Michelin Anarchy Wilds on that. I had that thing out in the snow and in the trails and in some fields and having some good time around here, but uh, as far as motocross, I have a 2007 KX250 two-stroke that's uh, just kind of set up for the woods, and I have the my little O2 CR125 that I backflipped at Travis's. That's my... Uh, my little motocross bike i guess mainly so well i definitely can can go along with that 125 that's i'm riding a yz right now and i've had yeah. i've had so much fun the 125 like i don't even want a 450 again i don't even i mean i just i love that you'll bike. change your mind i love that bike man that 125 well, is so much fun it's it, it really really is I, I i had the opportunity now a 450 again i, I consider myself to be a I don't intermediate to expert level rider, vet rider. I, I, I can ride a 450 without any issue. They're just such a handful. They could get away from me so easy. Um, I got a chance to go with uh, Chris Kiefer and do that uh, 250cc, uh, the four-stroke shootout. And that was really enlightening for me to ride all those different bikes. But, man, I'm just old school. I love a two-stroke. Uh, the, the, the 125, you can just have that thing strung out and screaming and feel like you're just going so fast. And you know, you look off to the side, and it's kind of like you're riding the school bus. You know, exactly. You're really not going that yeah. fast. So, so, uh, so I think it's safer. I don't know. I did think you it's get? Safer. Did you get to ride that Alta? 
He did. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've, I've ridden it a couple times out there. Had that opportunity, and uh, I'll tell you what, it's it's that was an eye-opening uh, experience for me. It's something that, uh, you know, looking at it from a distance or just reading about it, I'm, I might not would consider that as a purchase, but uh, but having ridden it firsthand, uh, it. it it, it simplifies riding, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, even though I've been, you know, even though I've been using a clutch 46, 47 <laughs> years, not having to, use, you know, not having to use a clutch or not having to shift gears uh, is makes it a lot easier. You know, uh, you can focus more on your weight on the pegs and body position, and it, it really, really is a cool experience. If I, if I had the money, you know, I would, I, I would have one for sure. Understandably so, me as well. Well, Randy, we know you're a busy guy, so we won't take any more of your time, but. Thank you for coming on tonight and, and talking with us. We really appreciate it. No worries at all, man. I appreciate you guys giving me uh, an opportunity to, to chat with you guys, and I enjoy the show. Definitely listen listen to it, and uh, appreciate you having having me on board. Awesome. Tonight. We well, appreciate you, Randy. And yeah, man, keep it up. We love hearing you on Pulp, and uh, you still have the best commercial on the show. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, our new one, our new one. I hope I hope it's uh, as well appreciated. I, I, I want to get back to back Pulpy. For, uh, for that. So. <laughs> yeah, Gringo kicked All my right, butt well, in the pulpy, so. See you later, buddy. <laughs> later. <laughs> All right. See you ya. guys have a good evening. You too. You too. All right, later, bye. Randy Richardson, ladies and gentlemen, and stand by so we'll connect with our next guest. Our next guest, uh, I'm not even sure where to start with this one. This guy has done so many things and continues to do so many things. The list is very long. Entrepreneur, monster energy athlete, 20-time champ racing jet skis, former factory Yamaha, Kawasaki, uh, and Sea-Doo, owner of Speed Zone Motorsports, Dustin Farthing. Dustin, what's up, dude? Hey, man. How you guys doing tonight? Doing good, man. This is Dark Side. I met you this weekend also. Man, yeah, it was really cool to, to get to meet you, and uh, I've been checking some of your uh, – your history out that's some pretty badass stuff you guys do yeah we've done a little bit of everything over our lifetime man kind of right. had our hands and everything i didn't even touch on the uh the lamborghini stuff man that's uh, that's pretty amazing yeah so i got into that last year you know and uh kind of uh raced some go-karts when i was younger a little bit of motocross uh some arena cross back in the day and kind of uh started racing motocross when i was a kid man back in the three-wheeler days nice nice yeah. i think my parents wanted to kill me that's they were putting me on three-wheeler <laughs> yeah 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 three-wheelers were scary yes they were yeah. i think there's a reason those things aren't around anymore but uh so what uh touching on the jet ski thing what, when did you at what point did you start doing that or was that all kind of a, a thing everything you did as a kid like racing moto and stuff like that uh so when i was uh i was born in 79 and i started racing motocross when i was four uh raced loretta's my first Loretta's in 1983, 1984, yeah, 1984, and uh, I raced jet skis, I mean, sorry, motocross all the way through till about uh, 1990. Uh, took a few years off, and um, my parents actually got me, bought me this old rickety broke down jet ski in 1992, and uh, my dad was fixing it up. It was an old 550 and uh kind of got that ski fixed up i started riding it for fun and he said why don't you want to go check out this race they're racing pros this weekend in uh in uh, daytona beach you want to go check it out and i went and checked it out watched it and i was like that's what i want to do so in uh the end of 1992 uh like september october of 92 i kind of got started on my first race i went as an amateur and just kind of led from there cool did you ever do any uh stand-up skis or has it always been sit down 
No, yeah, I started in back in the day in the early '90s and stuff. It was only stand-ups. Okay. And I ra- I raced stand-ups from 1992 uh, all the way through about the early 2000s. And in late '90s, early 2000s, the manufacturers we were racing stand-ups and sit-downs, but the manufacturers were selling. You know, they were selling approximately 5,000 stand-ups a year, and they were selling you know approximately a million sit-downs a year. So wow. they're fun. They're funding and stuff. Obviously. We, we kind of swapped when they pretty much told us it was time to swap and where their factory support was going and what you know what we had to do if we wanted right. to keep racing. So kind of that's how we ended up on the sit-downs. So when you train for this kind of stuff, I would assume there's some similar aspects as moto, but what are the differences that you would train for between from a stand-up to a sit-down? Is there, are there key things that you have to do differently? Yeah, over the years, you know, um, the, the skis have become drastically different, right? Back in the day, they the skis were very similar in speeds. The top speeds on the stand-ups were very similar to what the sit-downs, you know, are. They were, you know, uh, low fifth or upper 50s, low 60 mile an hour uh, speeds. So they were about the same. But nowadays, stand-ups, you know, they're running, you know, 65, 68 miles an hour for a stand-up. And the sit-downs are close to 100 miles an hour, you know, with with speeds zero to 60 in 1.9, 1.8 seconds. I'll tell you, we were watching uh, one of the YouTube videos, an interview a guy did with you and, and every y'all can make those things retarded fast. Like the, 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 the stuff that goes into them, like the carbon fiber holes. And, and, um, I don't even know what else was on. It was all a little bit foreign to me, but wow, man. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, 650 horsepower nowadays at, you know, 600 pounds. So it's, you know, almost one to one weight to uh, horsepower ratio, and I mean the the G forces are you know five, four and a half, five Gs at times. Uh, you know, we use Motec ignition, and it's got G meters and everything on it. And uh, so, I mean, nowadays they're it's like they're on rails. I mean, they're they're so technology, and they have auto drop you know nozzles and trim tabs. And when you turn the bars, it just pretty much uh, it just hold on. Well. Hey, man, this is TJ and the producer here. I didn't get to make it out to the Supercross this weekend and meet you, but if yeah, I'd have up, been man? there, you wouldn't have been. I got, got rid of me. I'm such a car guy, and the fact yeah. that you get to go race Lamborghinis, and then I watched that video, and when they said the 0-60 to 60 time, my, literally my jaw dropped. It, like, shocked me because I'm I'm so much into, like, sports cars and stuff like that, and when I heard, like, one point something seconds, I was just mind blown. Well, speaking of sports cars, he also uh, has a, a car custom customizing business. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. He wouldn't have got rid of me. I'd have been just hanging out with him. The rest- <laughs> that's why we don't bring TJ. That's why we don't bring you. That, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, think of a normal, you know, jet ski. They think it's, you know, they're reading, uh, renting a jet ski and they read the dashboard and it says it's going 60 miles an hour, but, you know, it's probably going 50 miles an hour. And, uh, you know, when they get on the, one of the race skis and I take people out and, they, they get on it and hit the throttle and it goes, you know, zero to 60 in, you know, under two seconds. People just don't understand what it's like to go 100 miles an hour on the water with, with no nothing around you. That's scary is what it is. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, incre- it's, it's, it's really incredible. It's honestly yeah. uh, one of the best experiences. Is there, is there quite a bit of strength training you have to do to be able to hold on to one of those things? Yeah, you know, it's not really uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, think that it's really your body and your upper arms and stuff. And don't get me wrong, you're holding on and stuff like that. But it's just like motocross, right? When you you see all these top guys and you see these guys that aren't as good or don't have the experience and they're fighting the bike and they're hanging on for dear life it's very similar to that so the more you race and the longer you ride you really are moving with the ski and honestly you're for me to hold on to that ski 
it, it doesn't feel like if I put somebody else on it, most people are locked on for dear life and they're the skis going one way and they're going the other. And the more you race and the more you're used to it, I'm, I'm 25 years into it uh, this year, my 25th year racing. And, you know, over the 25 years, you really get to flow with the ski and it, it, it becomes a lot easier on your body. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you start from the time you started racing to the time you won your first championship, it didn't take you very long, did it not? Yeah, it was a few years. You know, I raced uh, as an amateur the first uh, two years, actually. And uh, the first year, I'd never even podiumed. The second year, I only podiumed a couple times in, in amateur. And, you know, then in uh, the end of 1993, wintertime of 1993, I really, you know, started uh, practicing constantly. And I was uh, riding every day before school. I was riding every day after school. And, uh, you know, back in the day, I mean, it was Budweiser was a huge sponsor. Ford was a huge sponsor. And, you know, you could make, you know, three quarters of a million dollars riding a watercraft as a jet ski, right? Going to the beach. And so when people told me that, that you could make that kind of money and you could try travel the world and ride jet skis for a living it was it was all i needed to to excite me and want me to you know put 100 percent of my focus into racing a watercraft okay yeah. so as you know we we uh, are moto fans this is a, generally a motocross based podcast so I, this may be a stupid question but when moto guys are out training they're they're doing testing on suspension and all these different things as you know when you go out and test for um, watercraft racing what kind of things can you test for? What what can you change to help you out in different situations? Yeah, so we, um, you know, nowadays everything's turbocharged. So we're working on the ignition uh, ignition curves. We're working on the, the turbo settings. We're working on the impellers, uh, the propeller impeller. Uh, we're working on the different nozzle sizes, you know, handling items, you know, which is the same as like a motorcycle, right? It's different uh, what we call intake rates and ride plates is what makes the, the jet ski or sea or whatever uh, turn. Uh, different steering setups. And, you know, uh, throughout the year we're testing engines, different engine setups and stuff. And I know you guys are from Texas, actually one of the guys that builds our engines stuff he's actually from dallas his name's tim judge judge motorsports and uh so we do a lot of testing on different things throughout the year uh but at the races we're kind of we're setting up for what the conditions are and you know we may go one weekend we may race on a river or a lake and then uh you know i was just talking to somebody the other day we do this big race in uh guadalupe it's a french island and it's 450 miles over three days on a on a jet ski or a sit down uh watercraft in 15 to 20 foot waves with just a gps so it gets uh you know, it, it gets hard on your body and mm -hmm. sometimes it's more, you know, just trying to get the setup right. That's kind of like a Dakar rally type thing on the water. Very similar. Yeah, very similar. We have a couple of those a year. It's Guadalupe. It's called the Karu Jet. If you Google Karu Jets, it's K-A-R-U Jet. And then, or another big one's called Oleron. It's in France. And uh, they're, they're for some of probably the gnarliest races as far as endurance stuff that we do. Do you have a preference? Do you like like a closed course type thing on a lake? Or do you, do you, do you have a preference or does it kind of both equally is fun if it's up to me I, I i liked anything ocean related i grew up in florida uh, you know on the ocean and i did a lot of surf riding and wave jumping and stuff and obviously coming from motor motocross and uh stuff as a kid you know you learn to that's kind of your thing so uh what the ocean was kind of my what i enjoyed uh rather it be close course on like a you know a track you know with like a motocross track where they set up buoys and we'll race for 20 minutes you know uh total or i really enjoy the endurance stuff too in, in the ocean and the stuff in the big waves because it really kind of like supercross or motocross it really separates you know the real fast guys from the guys that you know can can ride in the lake and the river it's a little yeah. different now you still you're still competing right you're still active in that sport 
Yeah, so I don't do as many races as I used to. Obviously, with a lot of other stuff I have going, I used to, you know, race 25 weekends a year. And uh, over the last few years, I do anywhere between eight to ten races a year. Uh, but yeah, still active, not as much as I used to be though. Right on. Now tell us this: um, the the Chad reconnection. That's how we met you. Um, how did how did you get involved with Chad's program? Have you guys been friends for a while? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I've been uh, friends with a lot of motocross guys over the years. A lot of guys, uh, motocross, or you know, ride jet skis and stuff, you know, and come around to the races. McGrath comes into jet ski races. He's into skis. Uh, Malcolm Stewart's got skis. He stayed at my house, come to ride jet skis, and we've gone done some stuff with Beaker and, and Fox and those guys. And so a lot of jet ski guys interact between the two. Well, uh, a guy that happened to know me, um, you know, saw that I had a, a big semi truck and Chad was trying to put a program together. And uh, I owned some dealerships in Atlanta over the years. And I actually sold in August uh, some big stores. I had six dealerships. And when I sold those stores, I kind of, you know, had the ability and uh, time to go look at some, some new stores. And I bought some new stores over in Alabama called Speed Zone Motorsports. And uh, there's two dealerships. And uh, uh, you know, I had a big semi truck that we use for racing and, you know, somebody contacted me and said, Hey, I think, you know, Chad's trying to put something together and me and Chad kind of linked up and we talked back and forth about some stuff. And he actually followed me on, uh, found me on Instagram, uh, to begin with and saw pictures of the semi truck. And one thing led to another. And, you know, I agreed to help him out this year and, uh, use my truck and some different programs and stuff. And one thing led to another, man, and we're, we're now supercross racing. We're going on to the third round. Yeah, we got the uh, the opportunity, myself and my buddy Hal, to help set the tent up that truck, and then Mark was there Saturday to help us tear it down. That's quite the process. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people I always, I put this on my post last week or the week before, you know, a lot of people uh, see the glitz and glamour of Supercross, <laughs> but it, it's it's not always, you know, what it, it, it makes it out to be, right? It's, uh, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes. A lot of people involved, just like your guys, like you guys helped, right? Yes, There's sir. a lot of a lot of people that are there working for hours to make it happen, you know, for the show. And uh, me as a fan, obviously, I've been around it my whole life, and I grew up and seen, you know, the the amount of work that goes into it. But it's uh, it's a lot of work. No doubt. Yeah, I really. Uh, I mean, I knew the, how hard those guys work because I've I've read articles and stuff, but I've never been in the pits on a Friday night watching let alone helping and yeah but it's also cool with the camaraderie that those those that group of guys with cr with cr22's team has i mean they're having a good time they all seem to get along um yeah i mean it was you know it was it was for the most part a well-oiled machine after only two races yeah we've uh you know we've we've got a good program going uh you know i'm super pumped to be involved and you know chad and ellie and they're, they're a good family and you know that's I've obviously raced my whole life, grown up with around racing, and my my son races now. And cool. you know, once when Chad contacted me and you know was looking for help and wanted to put this deal together, it was kind of the whole family deal and having his own teams kind of what got me involved. Right? Mm -hmm. We, uh, you know, we're trying to get him back healthy, and uh, you know, I, I'm there to support it no matter you know whether we win or we get 20 seconds like I put up the other day. But uh, obviously, we want to win every weekend, right? He's had some injuries, and we're fighting through that. But we're 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 working every week, you know, and getting better on the bike and getting, making improvements and you know it's part of the team like you said it takes everyone to to be there every weekend to you know support it yep now are you going to go to all this all the rounds with him or just selected ones i won't be able to go to every round i got some other events and stuff of my own that tie together with my dealership and some stuff of my kids and some other race events that i'm committed to but i'm, I'm going to do probably 70 or 80 percent of the events this year you're going to be at dallas by chance 
Yeah, I'll be in Dallas. That'll be one of the ones I'm at for sure. Sweet. Well, you'll get a <clears throat> you. you uh, we'll volunteer our help for you guys again. I love what you guys are doing the program, and I think it's super cool that that you're you're involved now. You're you're supporting Chad going racing, and uh, us being moto guys, we love it when when anybody's involved. You know, that's outside of the sport, so to speak, and uh, it's a really cool deal, dude. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously uh, it's important, right, for for good guys like Chad and you know a lot of the pros like Malcolm and all these guys to get back out there and race, right? Coming from a racing background, when people disappear or the sport goes away, and, and those pros that that all the fans like and like to watch or look up to, those people go away. It's just like my sport or anything else. When those people disappear, it, it hurts the industry, right? So for me, coming from a from a a passion and, and love and racing. I wanted to make sure that, you know, we, we continue the sport, you know, it's whether, you know, it's, it doesn't personally, you know, we, we get a lot of exposure in other racing. We do, it doesn't, I don't need to be super cross racing, but I, I, I personally want the sport to continue and grow. And I want all the racers to, to have huge careers. Like I obviously did over the years. And for, for those support, you know, to, to be able to happen, it's, it's important for those guys like Chad to be out there. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, buddy, we know you're a busy guy, so we won't take any more of your time, but thanks for coming on and chatting with us tonight. We really enjoyed it. All right, guys. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate all you guys, and thanks uh, to all the fans, and uh, make sure you guys come by and see us at the races. Yeah, if you guys are listening in other areas of the state, man, go out. Go by the CR22 pit. Ask if if Dustin's around because he's a cool dude, man. He will definitely talk to you. And um, Yeah, Yeah. man, we appreciate you. Well, if you're in the Alabama area, visit uh, SpeedZoneMotorsportsUSA.com. Go check these guys out and get yourself hooked up with something. All right, guys, we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Dustin. Thanks, Dustin. Appreciate it, bud. All right, guys, thanks. Dustin Farthing. I felt like that would be a really interesting interview for people to hear, to kind of know a little bit more in depth of Chad's program and the history behind it and the history behind him i mean he's yeah, a moto yeah. guy too you know? i would definitely like to hang out with that dude it seems, seems like he's pretty cool <laughs> you like him he's super cool man yeah um, now i see why you kind of have a bromance going on with this guy that you're stalking him online all this kind of stuff I'm, the dude's cool dude i'm telling you that's an <laughs> i mean that's a that's an interview i felt like we should do that, that you don't see a lot i mean mathis has had several different people on over the years and, and i felt like that's our contribution yeah to get you know it's a little bit outside the norm i guess yeah, is what right. i'm trying to say and I like doing a racer's like a racer though. It's, yeah, it's freaking awesome. He's a damn good one too. So, yeah. um, but anyways, yeah, man, good stuff. Do you want to? Um, you want to do locals only? What do you want to do? Yeah, let's try calling Hal. I mean, I think he's supposed to be ready. You just want? Do you want to stop or just? Yeah, call just get, get get. We'll be right back, guys. Let us let us get our guy on the phone for locals only. We'll be right back. All right, guys, welcome back. It's that time again. Locals only, man. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done this segment in a while, and we're going to bring it back with our buddy Hal Simpson. Hal, what's up, dude? Hey, brothers. How's it going, man? It's going Just good. Just hanging in there, enjoying we... this uh, beautiful weather. Yep, yep. So yeah, nice. I'm, I'm, in my, I'm in my shop in Houston uh, working, on my, uh, working on my bike, getting ready for Village Creek next weekend. And it's a blazing 19 degrees. Nice. In Houston. I, know, I grew up in Houston, and I remember the first time I saw snow. I think I was in I was in high school. I was in ninth grade the first time I ever saw snow in Houston. So I grew up for my whole life there before I saw snow down there. Well, it, it, it's been crazy the last few days, the freezing rain. I, I drove in to work uh, yesterday, and, man, <laughs> these Houstonians, you know, passing me on the uh, on the overpass at you know sixty seventy, <laughs> just nor- normal slow Houston traffic. Yeah, and 
you just know uh, this is not going to work out right. right. And uh, sure enough, you know, they're yard dart in the ditch up, up ahead of you. Yeah, this is, um, I just love this global warming we got going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, right. Hey, hey listen. Hey, Trump, Trump Trump has even fixed global warming, and it's only been a year. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So you said you're getting ready for um, Village Creek. That means you're doing that the whole series of the Texas Winter Series? Yeah, man. Yeah, I sure am. That's awesome. You have to come up to the tower and hang out because I'm going to be announcing there this weekend. They, they canceled Friday practice, it sounds like, just letting you know. Yeah, but- well, if it's this if it's this cold, I'll need you to come down and snuggle with me in my trailer. Don't he say will. That. Hey, he will. This is going to be cold. That's why he invited you into the tower. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. Now he's wanting you to. He's wanting you to snuggle with him while he's announcing up there. Yeah, you just blew it, man. You just blew it. Um, so hey, man. So tell us about your uh, state championship series. How'd that go for you? With this, you know, this is our locals only segment. So you were racing yep. down in the. Uh, Texas South. What's the district? It, no, well, that would be the. You're in 21 or 40. I'm in 20. I'm in. I'm in 20. 20. I'm in district 20 down Dis- here. District 20. That's yeah, right. 20 down here. So tell us about it a yep. little bit. How did how did it go? How was the turnout? How was it ran? Well, yeah. Well, uh, you know, like I talked to you guys uh, last year, uh, uh, this was really my first attempt. You know, after a 20 year, 28 year break, it was my first attempt. You know, back in the moto world, mm-hmm. and uh, so I. You know, believe it or not, I, I got qualified, uh, qualified for the state championship, and uh, I, I raced uh, three classes. I raced uh, 30 plus, 40 plus, and 50 plus C, and uh, qualified for all three classes. And uh, awesome, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it, it was a good time, man. And, and, and I'll tell you, it, the, the vet class is really deceiving, you know, because you, you get in the 30 plus class, there are some fast dudes, you know, in that 30 plus class, and then. 50 plus they get faster it seems like uh, <laughs> yeah right and yeah and so uh i got qualified and you know went down to three palms and uh they connected the big track you know the super track the yeah. river track to the um the uh sx track and you know me and jamie did some laps around that this weekend and that sand jamie that you and i rode in this weekend that was you know from the flood from harvey uh, and, and those guys did a phenomenal job, man, recovering that track, you know, and, and rebuilding it after Harvey. And um, uh, it was just, you know, super deep sand. Saturday was great. It was fantastic for the little bikes. And thank God they rode the first day <laughs> because Sunday, <laughs> Sunday uh, it's like Harvey's little brother came back. Oh, wow. And, uh, it just flooded the track. It was a mess. First motos were good. <laughs> Second motos were uh, uh, is like a, a, a an ultra enduro. Uh, anyway, I wound up finishing uh, overall. Uh, I finished uh, uh, seven seventh place uh, in thirty plus, se- uh, sixth place in forty plus, and seventh place in fifty plus overall. Right on. So this year with with your racing, have, have you noticed that? What do you have you noticed the turnout as far as the racing goes, and as far as how the the track turnout and racers? are oh man it was uh it's kind of a a kind of a a dichotomy you know like the young young kids you know they have uh the super mini uh school boys you know and and uh some of the uh, a and b classes have pretty close to full gates and then the the vet classes you know have pretty much full gates and at, at this year's uh state championship you know we had 
gosh, I think it was almost a full gate. And in one class, I think it was, I think it was 40 or maybe 30 plus. Uh, we actually had two rows in, in a full gate at three Damn. palms. We had two couple of riders that were in the second row. Um, and, uh, so it was that first turn and, and, you know, Jamie, the first turn that I'm talking about there that from this weekend, mm-hmm. but you put 40 dudes or, you know, even 30 dudes, uh, you know, in that first turn and it's, uh, <laughs> it gets kind of interesting. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, that many guys in any turn is that's a lot of bikes. Yeah, yeah. So it, it worked out. I, my first year back was good, and I decided, hey, listen, uh, you know, I'm getting back in shape, and uh, uh, I'm going to try it again this year. And this this year's goal is uh, uh, Loretta Lens. So Heck I'm yeah. I'm going to go up. Yeah, I'm going to run up to Amarillo, the uh, old home stomping grounds, uh, on the uh, in February, and. Um, I'm going to give uh, their first uh, Loretta Lentz qualifier a shot up at Bowers MX, and then I'm going to follow that up with uh, Freestone. Freestone has their uh, LOQ uh, the weekend following that. So yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. Well, good yeah. luck with that, man. We hope to, we want to see you make it to Loretta's. We know that's a goal. I know that's a goal of yours because we talked about it, and that's pretty killer. Yeah, man. And I'd, I'd like to, you know, if I can't if I can't make it or, you know, if timing doesn't work out, I would, uh, I'd sure like to go with you guys up to the Vet Nationals at Glen Helen if I'm, you know, for whatever reason not able to attend uh, uh, Loretta's. I'd sure like to go to Glen Helen and uh, and ride around with you on that track. Heck yeah, that's, cool. that's the plan. We're go- I'm taking the, my bike this year. Well, Loretta's is hard to make because they don't really have a classification for like C riders and the vets and stuff like that. They just yeah. kind of group yeah. you all together with whatever age group you're with. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the cool thing about being fifty. Um, you can ride a whole bunch of classes, and your uh, your chances are better. <laughs> right. Right. You don't die. There yeah. You go. Well, Hal, tell us about your weekend at uh, Houston Supercross. We we got to Jamie and I both got to to stay with you and hang out with you all weekend. It was pretty eventful and pretty fun. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Julie and I planned on you know going anyway, and uh, uh, so we had our tickets and all and. Um, you know, every time we go to a national, uh, and we've gone to the last three years, we've gone to several nationals and GPs and, uh, and supercrosses. And, you know, we always do the VIP thing. And, and really, you know, I look at motocross. Motocross is a passion. I do my job so that I can do motocross. That's the way I, I look at it and grew up in the sport. So I, I feel like I'm more of a, more than a fan. I'm more of a, like a participant in some ways. And, um, uh, you know, you got, you guys talk to, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, several folks in the pits and, and you know, how, you know how that goes, you get to communicate and talk to folks. Yep. And, uh, so I always do the VIP experience. Well, this year, um, uh, a buddy of mine in the industry, Dan Truman, uh, and I met him, you know, through the get product and we just sort of struck up a friendship, you know, and we're, you know, we don't take warm showers together, but you know, we're just pals and, uh, he's a good dude. And um, he he had he had crashed hard the week before Houston, and he was pretty bunged up. And um, and he said, "Hey, look, man, you know, can you come help? Uh, you know, put the tent together and help in pits, and you know, just doing. You know, I'm I'm certainly not a member of the team by any means. It was just helping a buddy. And um, so I said, "Yeah, sure, of course, man. You know, no problem. So I met him down there on on Friday. I extended the offer to uh, Jamie. And uh, dark side and said, "Hey, look, uh, can you come help?" And uh, you know, we got down there Friday morning, and 
you know, met the team, met Bob, the uh, truck driver, and and, uh, and Cliff, and Dan, and Shane, and, and uh, you know, how, where in life would Hal Simpson ever be able to call Mike Gossler, hey, Mike, and Mike look at Hal Simpson and go, hey, Hal, you know? Yeah, right. Where, where in this life, right? But, but you know, me, me and Jamie uh, sat and talked to Mike and, and, uh, and, and just had a great time and put the tent together and, you know, put the tent, uh, put the pits together and, you know, and really, they, I mean, they just, they treated us like members of the team, yeah. you know, and they, uh, it, it was just a, a really good deal. And it was just helping out a buddy. Well, through the day, it became very apparent that um, this is a group of guys competing at the, the epitome, the top level of Supercross motocross uh, out literally out of and, and you know Chad Reed by no means is a privateer. I mean, let's he, he he may be on a on his own budget, but he's you know not 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 your typical privateer. But but he's still paying for it. It's coming out of his pocket. And these guys were there um, because they love the sport. Because they 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 love what Chad Chad Reed's doing. They've worked with him before. They believe in him. And, you know, to me, where else does the motocross grassroots come from? It comes from that. It comes from those dudes backing up their boy, backing up their guy, doing what they love to do. And, you know, here I am kind of a very distant, at arm's distance, part of that. And I, I talked to Dan uh, more and more throughout the day and found out that their VIP program um, is it's not a large corporation selling a program. This is a race team using the VIP program, one, to build, you know, some, uh, some uh, uh, just kind of build the, the, the uh, race team. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're using that as, as a revenue to help with the race team. I mean, this money goes right back into the race team. And, uh, yeah, because there's, no, there's no outside sponsor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no, you know, no, there's no Troy Lee Designs, you know, helping them out. You know, the, this is straight up just coming out of their pockets and, mm-hmm. and out of their just helping each other out. So, you know, I, I believe in that. And just like, you know, I just like with the Pulp MX show, you know, I support Steve Mathis and on the Patreon. I, I donate a little bit of money, you know, every month. And there's another guy, you know, the Dirt Bike Channel, Kyle Brotherson. I, I send him some money every month. But I just believe that Put your money where your mouth is. If yeah. you like this stuff, if, if you like this industry, if you are as passionate about it as I am, put your money where your mouth is and support these people. So I talked to Dan, and I was like, hey, do you have any tickets left to the VIP program? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, sign me up. And uh, he's like, no, dude, you know, you, you've here. You're going to get it anyway. And, 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 I, and to be honest with you, I had already bought a VIP packet with Monster mm-hmm. because the uh, – the other program, the Rocky Mountain program, you know, had advertised for some time that they had no more tickets. Right. So I, I bought through the Monster Energy. You know, so I had two VIP, or I had one, uh, Monster Energy VIP, and then, of course, I talked to Dan about this CR22 uh, VIP. And uh, I wound up buying a VIP package from, from Dan for Chad Reed's program just because I just feel like it's, uh, you know, if we love this sport and, and, and we get pleasure from it and we go out and race on the weekends, why not support a guy like Reed? And, and to be honest with you, boys, honestly, uh, I was, I was, I've never really been a Chad Reed fan. I haven't been a, a, a hater by any means, but I just, 
I just wasn't a Chad Reed fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I, but I, in my experience talking to Chad, talking to his wife, talking to Gosler, uh, talking to Dan, um, you know, I am a Chad Reed fan now. There you um, go. I, I've seen him in a different way, and uh, I've talked to him, and you know, I had a good, gosh, half hour discussion with the guy about just stuff other than motocross, about other business stuff, and yeah, while me and Mark, um, were, while me and Mark were working, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, well I, I'm a pretty good supervisor, so, you know. I noticed. I <laughs> hey, so to change the subject a little, real quick, you're, the people that know you from calling in the pulp and this, you're, I mean, you're a good dude. You gave us a place to stay. And I feel like you got um, a pretty cool reward this weekend for how cool of a fan and guy you are. Your favorite rider, Dean Wilson, who you have been a fan of and supported since many bikes, if I'm not mistaken, called you over in the pits, like yelled for you while you were walking by. Hey, Hal, come here. And he had something for you. What did he, what did, what did, he, how'd that go down? Yeah. And just a little bit of a backstory, you know, I, I've been a fan of Dean Wilson since he was, uh, you know, a little kid on, uh, on mini bikes. And, yep. you know, I, I, like I said, I took a break from motocross for about 28 years because of the career and kids and, you know, working overseas and all that stuff. And um, in 2010, uh, when I came back from overseas and uh, started a kind of a new career, well, in the same career but a different uh, uh, path, a more administrative path, I was uh, based in Louisiana and uh, ran a training facility in Baton Rouge. Well, I had I had seen an advertisement on a local Baton Rouge station about the Freestone, AMA Freestone National in in freestone and i thought hey i've got the week off i want to go down and watch it this was 2010 mm-hmm. so i drove drove up to freestone uh first time i'd attended or been close to motocross and at that time you know in gosh 20 years and um uh i watched dean i, I watched dean smoke smoke eli tomac's balls he just smoked his ass well but then, and he, and he beat Tyler Rattray straight up, beat him. And he pulled over, you know, in the second moto, he pulled over to let Tyler through. And um, anyway, I, I don't really know what all the back channel all that was, but and why he did it and all. But, I mean, he just smoked these dudes. These dudes are, you know, I mean, he smoked them. Yeah. And, but the way he took the loss, you know, he made a mistake. He let the guy by. He let Tyler by. But the way he took it and watching in the pits, uh, and you know me, I mean, y'all were at the Supercross with me. I spend more time in the pits than I do watching the race. Um, and I, uh, I watched his interaction. Um, and, you know, he, he was mad at himself, but he didn't, he didn't go crazy. He didn't throw his helmet. He, he made a mistake. But he's just a, he, he impressed me as just a good, solid young man. Mm-hmm. And, and I, in my world and where I work and the things I do, that impressed me. And I've got a son too. So that impressed me that this young kid made a mistake and he's not haywire. And you know what he was doing? He was talking to his fans and he was, he was, had a smile on his face. He wasn't out of hand and it really just impressed me. So I walked up to him and I shook his hand and I said, Hey man, you know, great job, great ride. You know, you're, you're going to be at the top of this game one day. And he just seemed to me totally, uh, completely, um, honest and and sincere and you know said thank you very much sir and that just impressed me so from that day forward i was just a a fan of the guy so fast forward to 
uh, Houston Supercross. And I've, I've, I've always, you know, from when he got hurt on KTM and, and when he uh, uh, was on the sidelines for a while, uh, you know, I would on the Facebook and on the Instagram, I would send him a little message, hey, man, hey, Warrior, stay in the fight. You know, you're going to make it. And um, he would answer me back, you know. And uh, I'm not trying to be a fanboy. I just want to, you know, support a young kid that I have faith in that I sure. think is a good dude. And um, uh, I've never been one to ever ask for – I've never asked a rider – hell, I've never asked for an autograph. Um, I've never asked for a jersey. Jamie has. Well, when Dan, when when Dan when Dan Truman invited me this weekend, uh, he he knows that I'm a, a Wilson fan. Yeah. And um, uh, he kept telling me, he goes, "Hey man, I got something special for you. I got something special for you." And I'm like, "All right, well, I mean, you're not gonna like stick your tongue in my ear or something, are you?" <laughs> and he's like, "Just just hang on, I, you know, I got something for you. Uh, you're gonna love." It. And he kept teasing me, right? Well, I kind of sort of forgot about it a little bit, and after the night show started when, of course, Wilson uh, had pulled out of the race, and uh, I'd gone over and shook his hand uh, and, and, and actually met his mechanic, Daniel, for a few minutes and and um, while we were putting up the tent. And, um, you know, I said, hey, man, sorry, sorry you're not racing, but, you know, this is a good move. You know, it, it, it's it's one battle in the war you're still in the fight and Tomac's out too. So, you know, yeah. you're good to go. And, um, he, he seemed very appreciative and, and, and we talked for a little while and it, it I kind of felt like he was almost like wanting to tell me something or wanting to say something, but he, he didn't. Anyway, I went back over to the CR 22 rig and, and, um, uh, uh, a few minutes, well, maybe an hour later after the heats were, uh, were started, uh, the first set of heats were started um, Dan texted me and he goes, Hey man, he goes, uh, where are you? And I said, well, I'm, I'm in the stadium watching it. He said, well, get over here, uh, as quick as you can. So I, I, you know, took off and went down to the CR, CR22 rig and met Dan and he goes, Hey, stand right here. I got something for you. He goes in the rig and he comes out and, um, he hands me, uh, hands me a, a, a wadded up. You couldn't really tell what it was, just a wadded up, you know, Jersey. And, um, you know, he opened it up and he goes, Hey, he goes, I want to tell you, uh, you know, appreciate your help. And, uh, he goes, you know, Dean Wilson lived with me for a while and he said, he's a good friend of mine and I got this for you. Um, and Dean wanted to, uh, you know, express his, uh, his gratitude and, uh, handed me his, his, and the way the story goes, I didn't see this. This is what Dan told me that, you know, it, this was his race Jersey for Houston. He took it right out of his gear bag and signed it. Um, signed it to me, kind of personalized it, and uh, and signed it and, and gave it to Dan, and Dan gave it to me. And uh, like you said earlier, um, uh, as the day went on, as the evening went on, uh, he, Dean came out into his uh, pit area and was talking to some fans and stuff. And uh, I was in the CR22 area under the tent, and um, I, I kind of caught his eye and. He kind of caught mine, and and I waved at him. Goes, hey, how? And you know, there's like a crowd of people, and I've got damn Dean Wilson calling my name, um, you know, from across the pits. And uh, he, it was really cool because he, it was like almost like Christmas. Did you get it? Yeah. Did you like it? You know. So it, it was, it was cool, man. It, it was, it was a, it was a cool moment, especially from a guy that I, I, I don't, you know, I don't ask for autographs and jerseys and stuff like that. Totally unexpected, and those guys didn't have to do that but they did and you know i really appreciated it 
Well, I was very happy for you because I, I know how much that means to you, man. So I, I just I wanted to be able to let you share that on the show. And, you know, we talk about all the time how great the people in our sport is. And whether it be you as a fan and a friend or a professional rider, I mean, you can't get that in any other sport. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was good to share that with you guys, too. And, and, and Dan, you know, Dan, on top of that, and, you know, I got to meet Shane. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was in the Navy, and, and uh, you know, I, I feel like out of the weekend, you know, just by responding to a friend's request to, you know, come give a hand and, you know, offer some manual labor, um, you know, out of it, I got, you know, I, I made new friends. You know, I, yeah. I, I can call I can call uh, Mike Gosler a friend. I can call Shane a friend. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, you know, I was made and, to, you know, I appreciate you getting me involved because I got to spend the day with him Friday, and I feel the same way. As, I mean, as a matter of fact, I texted Goose today, and he's going to do our show next week. So, um, wow. wow. Yeah, I mean, and he, he responded immediately, and hell, Goose shared his sausage with me. Oh, God. <laughs> right, right, right. They, they cooked out for us. He didn't want all the sausage. He gave it to me. So I, I got Goose's sausage, and I'm proud to say that. Look, TJ's over there mad. He didn't get none. Yeah, well. It, it, it probably cost too much for TJ. It's too cheap, you know. <laughs> it wasn't well, Wendy's. Hey, I, I'm sure not too many people can say they're a goose sausage gobbler. No, no, but I, I'm proud to say it. <laughs> well, well, tell him when he well when he comes on, tell him that I said hello. I will. I will. Uh, yeah, definitely, man. And um, how we appreciate you coming on, kind of last minute. We're about to wrap this thing up. Um, we all got to get home, and not me. It, well, yeah, TJ's home, but I got to drive an hour to Longview in this nice roads but man we appreciate you i appreciate you letting us stay i know mark does absolutely man, man i can't tell you yeah. thank you enough times hal that was oh. so awesome of you i'd appreciate it if you tell hey, the, bo- the boss lady julie that we appreciate her um your wife yeah, was man. your wife was fantastic i loved listening to her bust your balls Dude, all she's awesome she yeah. just busts your balls oh nonstop. it's great and she knows as much about moto as any of us mm-hmm. so yeah you got you did you did yeah, good well, there I- hal well, thanks, buddy. I I, I I got a new shirt today from uh, uh, Moto Hub, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, I put I put it on. I was sporting it around, and she goes, "Oh, that's nice. It should say Moto Chub." So, <laughs> yeah. She's good, man. I, I I love me some Julie. That's awesome. So. <laughs> wow, we appreciate yeah, it, buddy. Okay, brother. Thank you, guys. Uh, you, it was a pleasure having you, and I look forward to Dallas. Let's do it again, man. We will Let's do it. We'll talk to you real soon, bud. Okay, brother. See you, village. Bye. All right, guys. Well, that's a wrap. Good yeah. show, man. I guess we'll have to spend some time, some other time, telling about the rest of our stories if we get time. But If we get time, We've yeah. already got a pretty full show booked for next week. We've got Goose, Brayton, um, Shannon Day from here at The Edge. That's going to be good. And um, one of the, the failed PR, Sean, I, I don't remember his last name off the top of my head, but he's mm-hmm. the uh, – promotion or pr guy for media he's he's really cool so we already got a full show heck yeah man well again big shout out guys all sport dynamics broadway power sports shock socks mx girl designs york welding and fab tpj racing for um muscle mark dark side tj it's been a good one guys see you later